Welcome to the number one digital marketing podcast in Kenya. My name is Ian Kuria from Jada Agency and I'm glad you're able to join me today on this podcast where we dissect the topic digital marketing. We'll talk about email marketing, website design, search engine optimization, social media and so much more. And on this episode, I'm joined by a special guest, Melanie Hapisu, who is the founder and CEO of Digipath Africa, a digital marketing agency based in Nairobi, Kenya. So let's start this episode. Thank you so much. So my name is Melanie Hapisu, founder and CEO of Digipath Africa. We are a digital marketing agency that helps people to navigate their way online or to take their products and services to the market via digital marketing. So navigation, of course, then involves mostly trainings. So we'll train people around how to use the different digital marketing platforms, how to run ads, for example, how to come up with strategies, create content and all that. And then, of course, the implementation side is, you know, implementing everything that I've just mentioned. So it's been a wonderful year and uh, let's say three months. (laughs) It's been an amazing journey, quite interesting because then I consulted on my own for a while. So right now I've had the pleasure of working with um, young, amazing minds that are probably more bomb than I am (laughs) and coming up with amazing strategies for clients. So, yes beautiful journey and excited to talk about digital marketing today okay so even before we get into um, the different types of digital marketing and what you do at digipath what would you say digital marketing is in your own words define digital marketing for me i would say it's um the marketing that is done on um, a digital platform a digital platform being either one that utilizes um, the internet and probably those that do not. I'm thinking in terms of those that do not, simple things like the messages we receive from our mobile services, you know, telling us our bundles are low or, you know, buy this kind of bundle. And of course, when it comes to those that use the internet, I'm thinking of the usual that we know, the social media and all that. But I think for me, the biggest thing is, yes, you're doing that marketing on digital platforms, but the biggest part is it has to be on platforms where your consumers are. So there's no need of having a digital presence everywhere if your consumers are not on that specific platform. And what do you like most about what you do? Oh, I like that I can work with different brands. So I usually laugh and tell my team we have two types of clients, the fun brands, you know, events, food and then we have the boring brands that are you know yes things like that so i think for me the most amazing part is the fact that i can challenge myself uh, because one minute you're creating content for a lawyer the next minute you're creating content for a nightclub for example you know and so just the fact that um you know there's the high and low and there's the having the aha moments of wow consumers are going to react like this when they see this post i think that's the most fun part for me yeah and what's the difference between that and being employed in an agency because also in an agency you're you're working with different brands so what's the difference between working in an agency which you have worked in one and running your own uh, agency wow so the main difference is being the (laughs) founder and ceo specifically the ceo then other than, you know, I get to work on projects, but uh, very few 
um, you know, those ones probably that the client is my friend, friend, and you know, I want to make sure everything is going okay. Um, but I think the difference majorly is then, then now I have to focus on the business in terms of growth, in terms of bringing in clients. I mean, as a small business owner, then you know you don't have the privilege of having a sales team. <laughs> so you are the sales team. So mostly then my typical day would look like looking for clients, um, thinking of how the business will grow, thinking of how I can keep selling to the existing clients, what potential partnerships do I need to make. So that's the difference. So in the agency, I'd probably have the role of, say, a content creator or an ad specialist, and that's all I would do. So, yeah, I mean, that's the difference. And how easy or how hard is it to get a client? And what's your process of getting a client? How many proposals do you write in a week? What's, what's that life like? Wow, getting clients is not a joke. I think you need a lot of strength. Otherwise, you're going to give up. You will write one million proposals and you will get feedback one year later. <laughs> or they'll tell you we're reviewing it will get back to you in like a week and then a week becomes a month a month becomes three months so i think uh it's a very it's a process that needs a lot of patience um at this point where i am one year in the business i really am grateful that i'm not writing as many proposals as i wrote when the business was new because then we've served a couple of people there's referrals that are being given so you know, there's almost like a sort of pipeline from existing um, clients. But we still write proposals, although right now I'm very intentional about them. So, of course, when you get to work with different industries, you get to discover your strengths. So you start discovering, uh, am I only going to reach out to certain industries? Am I only going to reach out to clients who have a certain type of campaign? Things like that. So right now the proposals have definitely reduced. Yeah focus for a founder especially when you're beginning um, the number of proposals that you do write is is a lot because you're trying to you're trying to pay bills you're trying to pay your staff or the people that you have outsourced so yeah it's it's quite difficult and before before we started recording we talked about um, google ads and you being a specialist uh, in this field so briefly tell us um, what google google ads is how it's different from let's say Facebook ads and why would I choose Google ads over any other type of um, um, ad? Okay, so I think I'll first start with, you know, just a question that people can think about as they listen. When you're stuck with some with a question or you're looking for something, the first thing you'll do is go on a search engine and probably type, you know, how to fix my bulb or where to get roses in Nairobi, for example. So that's where Google Ads comes in. So Google is a search engine and they have an ads platform where you can run advertisements to be able to position yourself when someone does a search depending on what they're looking for. So why Google Ads over say Facebook? Everyone is looking for something at some point. They're going to go to a search engine like Google and they're going to search for whatever they're looking for there. And how amazing would it be if once I do that search, then your business is the one at the top of my search. Really good. So you realize as you do searches on Google, sometimes depending on the search, you'll find the first result has a small a little thing written ad. So the benefit is that when someone is in need, chances of them clicking past even the fourth link in a Google search is very low. I mean, even when I think of myself, I'm, unless I'm doing research, 
I will never even get to the second half of the first page. So I think those are some of the benefits I'd mentioned. Of course, just like um, Facebook, then you can do ads on a low budget. But of course, the higher your budget, the more value you get. So it's not that because it's low, you spend um, little money. But I think that's that's the next game for us in Kenya. I think many brands should start looking in that direction. We've gotten so used to doing Facebook and Instagram ads, forgetting that, yes, it's a social platform. Yes, there's a possibility of people buying. But why not reach your customers when they need you? You know, And that's just one type of Google ad as such. But we have so many others. We have display ads. They're annoying ads you skip on YouTube. Um, the little image banners you see on websites. So you have different types of ways and ads you can reach people. And like Facebook and Instagram, where if it's not a video, it's an image, you know. And there are people who will say, okay, maybe I'll just do like a text ad. But you keep asking yourself, hmm, on Facebook and Instagram, how logical is it to do a text ad? You know, but on Google, you have the privilege to play around with that and actually see what benefits your brand. And for every brand, I would encourage year in, year out, from the first day of the year to the end of the year, please have such ads running. People are always searching. You can play around with the rest, maybe run display ads when you have offers, but for search, constantly have a search ad running. Yeah. If you're new, um, if you're new to search ads or to Google ads, Google usually gives a $50 of credit so when you sign up you get fifty dollars which is equivalent of around five thousand three hundred shillings which is quite um, which is quite helpful uh, you've talked about google google being a search engine and when people have an issue they go to google to search what about the people who use social media as a search engine because especially for products um, and fashion some guys will prefer to use instagram um, as a search as a search engine um, so is it then, do, are we saying that we need to have Google ads always running as well as Instagram FB ads always running? So for me, I would say yes to having both um, Facebook or Instagram as well as Google ads at the same time. And the reason why I say that is because you have the potential of reaching two different audiences depending on how or who you're targeting when it comes to your ads. But in addition to that, running both of them gives you the ability to figure out what is working for me and what is not working. You might discover, um, which is the reason I'm saying you run ads from the first day of the year to the last day, you might discover when you have offers, Facebook and Instagram is what works. Then you'll discover when you're just doing kawaida, normal advertising on a daily basis, Google ads is what works. So it's good to find a balance. It may look like a lot of money to spend, but usually then I say, would you rather spend, in my opinion, this little money on digital advertising, or would you rather go put a billboard and spend God knows how many hundreds of thousands? I mean, if you compare the cost, it's very little. And if you're intentional about then running the ad, then you can tell yourself, I'm going to be saving X amount of money, just the way you save to hang out with your friends or go on a holiday. Save X amount of money, you know, for a period of months so that you know for the next three, six months, I'm going to be running ads. So there's no excuse. There's no, I don't have money. It's too expensive to save. Yeah. Uh, and since we're talking about ads, uh, what's what's one, well, what's the best ad you've seen in the last three, four months? I, I think for me, a good ad would be a visual that speaks to your consumer. And by speaks, I specifically mean relatable. 
one of those things that I'm gonna see and feel like, let's say if it's a product, I feel like, oh my God, I need it now, this offer is right now. Or if it's a service, you're probably going to tell a story either in your video or your caption that is going to make me feel like, you know, I really need to come and sign up for whatever these people have to offer. So I think for me, even when I'm thinking of examples of then either campaigns or ads that I've seen, I think there are a couple. I'm not sure I saw it this year, but one memorable ad for me that I remember was Coca-Cola. And I think all their ads are memorable, but they did this sort of like a silent ad where they had a picture of a Coke in a glass and the to bubble and the foam at the top. And then they wrote, try not to hear this. And me being a Coke lover, I could hear everything. I could imagine myself opening that Coke bottle and it's, you know, I could hear everything. And they had a series of those ads. So they had one in a glass. They had one with someone opening a glass bottle. So the sound when the opener pops up, the sound when you turn the plastic bottle. And it was quite interesting. In fact, I started asking myself, am I actually addicted to Coke? Because then I could, it was so hard not to hear it. And I thought that was so interesting because then for us, I mean, even if I was the digital marketer of the project, I'd probably have done a video. Mm. You know, I would never have thought of doing a still image and telling people, try not to hear this. And there are people you show that and of course they won't understand. Mm -hmm. For me, then I usually say, maybe they're not the target audience for that specific campaign. They could be coke lovers, but that's not their way of being talked to. But I thought that was amazing yeah and for this coke ad do you think that it makes you want to take coke even more or is it just that because uh, most of these companies these huge companies coke safaricom um when they're marketing i don't think they're marketing to get new subscribers or get new customers it's more of um a brand affinity thing brand loyalty to always know that coke is there to always know that safaricom is there i think safaricom i don't every person in kenya knows uh, what safaricom is i'm sure even when a child is born when they leave the hospital the first thing they see is lipa and pesa so it's everywhere so do you think when you see a safaricom ad when you see that coke ad it makes you feel like okay let me go get a coke let me use a, a safaricom service i think it depends if you're in need at that time or if the circumstances allow i'll talk about both brands so for that specific coca-cola ad i remember um on your way to town in nairobi when you get to almost university in Nairobi, there's usually a big um, sort of like um, run down kind of ad and it's always Coca-Cola that has it. And as you're waiting for the police to let traffic pass, there are people selling snacks, sodas and all that. So I remember one specific day, shortly after me seeing that ad, <laughs> someone came selling Coca-Cola and I didn't even hesitate. The circumstances allowed, I had just seen the ad, it was hot, and that specific ad was something to do with quenching your thirst. So it actually just fit into the situation. So I think depending on the ad, specifically for consumables in terms of food and drinks, you may see an ad and feel like, oh my God, I want it now, 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 now. But if I'm thinking in terms of um, a service, then probably when the need um, comes. I remember when Safaricom launched Fuliza, and they were kind of encouraging people to start using the service, I would see it so often. And I'm, I'm very scared of loans personally, so I would just ignore it. 
but the day the need arises that's one of the brands i thought about mm -hmm. you know simply because i had consistently seen their ads and that's why i'm telling people to run ads consistently because you might be thinking people are not seeing mm -hmm. your ads and they are i have people who've reached out after six months with a screenshot asking is this offer still on and it was clearly written valid until you know but because they saw the ad at that point and they were interested but they probably could not afford it or they did not have the time to probably do a training that i was offering they take that screenshot and six months later they reach out so just because you're running ads now it doesn't mean all the value you'll get will be now it could be three months in it could be six months one year in yeah let's move gears and talk about platforms what's the best platform for you um for leisure not for business but just for leisure uh, that platform that you you are always on when you get home that's what you put on uh, the first thing oh gosh i shouldn't say this in public <laughs> but i will i think my leisure platform right now is tiktok that's the first thing i do after work and i spend hours it's a shaming i've had to put um some controls on my mm. phone because then i could spend even two hours just watching tiktok videos and the fact that they are i think kudos to them the algorithm works so well you know and so you end up just feeling like i would have spent these two hours watching a movie but you know i watched tiktok so i think for me yes tiktok definitely all the way that's interesting so and since you're spending two hours on on tiktok if you see an ad on tiktok since this is your leisure platform do you think that you would click on this ad um, and what would make you click on it that's a perfect question because i'm not sure tiktok were doing ads before but i think a week ago an ad popped up and i was annoyed i was so annoyed i actually had to sit for a minute and ask this is what i'm doing to my clients consumers when i'm running ads on their leisure platforms i was actually very offended and i remember that day that's where my tiktok time ended immediately i saw the ad i was just like no 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 and then i had to wait a few minutes to skip it i was just like no let's just finish tiktok time so it's quite interesting that i actually felt like that and one thing i usually tell people when i'm training them they need to remember that social media is social we all have different leisure platforms but if you can try and make your ad even if you're selling a product or a service on a social platform if you can make it light and relatable enough for someone not to feel like mm, now are these people interrupting my scrolling time it would be very very helpful yeah and what if the ad comes in a way that um it's not it's not an a uh, promoted ad it's somebody's content so let's say this podcast having short videos on tiktok would that um, be different from seeing that promoted ad that would be different definitely so i think i've seen a lot of that and i think for those of you who are judging me for being on tiktok please just try it you don't need to open an account i am not being paid to say this but i think i've gotten very many how-to kind of videos on tiktok very many um hacks you know so for example i i find the parking bit when it comes to traveling very enjoyable for me simply because i've gotten so many tiktok hacks around how to you know fold your clothes to become really small so when i'm thinking of it in terms of content even if i was to find someone who's let's say in what, what industry maybe let's say digital marketing 
and they had snippets of their podcast. I mean, 30-15 seconds of my time is not too much. And again, if I don't want it, I could as well just swipe, you know, upwards and continue viewing it. But I think that would be lighter, you know, rather than coming to tell me your whole company story, which is probably something I don't want on my leisure platform. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, we've talked about advertising on leisure platforms, and I think that's why email marketing, that's one of the reasons why email marketing has the highest uh, return on investment, because email marketing, for some it's leisure, but to most people it's it's a work thing. So when they see business there, they're more likely to to open it. They don't have to act on it, but it's they're more likely to accept that they've seen either um, a newsletter that has an offer come in rather than always bombarding them on these social platforms. Yeah, so that's good. So let's finish with um, the digital marketing state in Kenya. So where do you think, where do you think we are uh, on the global uh, scale and also on, on, this, on the continental scale that's in Africa? Where are we and where do you think uh, we are going? I think on both scales, we are still very far. Um, you know, maybe if I could bring the scale lower, maybe to like East Africa, if I'm just talking maybe Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, maybe we are like the best. <laughs> but uh, I mean, if I'm looking at continent and world, we still have a long way to go. I'm really grateful for COVID because then it kind of fastened the process of people realizing, oh my God, we need digital in one way or another. And I'm so glad that even as we're talking, a number of aspects of digital have come up, not just social media, which people think is the general digital. And so you're slowly seeing a lot of brands during the COVID period and even right now as we're you know, still kind of going through it, although some people think we're in post-COVID, <laughs> um, we have a lot of brands starting to incorporate a few of those things. We have a few individual brands, you know, yourself included, who are starting to be very intentional with their content through podcasts, through email, through, you know, different things. So I think in terms of where we're going um, as a country, um, there is great hope. But one thing that we really need to adjust or be able to demystify is who exactly is a digital marketer? Because then you and I know uh, we've worked with clients who've been hurt before because they work with someone who calls themselves a digital marketing specialist. And yet they were just a specialist because they could post. So they could not analyze, they could not explain why they came up with this specific content or why this content did not work as compared to this one. So I think we're at that stage where if brands want to take the next step when it comes to digital marketing, we need to be able to know who exactly is a digital marketer, what exactly does digital marketing contain. And that's one of the reasons why I do my training. In fact, last year, January to December, I did... Um, a free training every month for an hour to introduce digital marketing to people and the impact was so amazing that this year I plan to actually put it out as a freebie because then people would come thinking digital marketing is equals to social media and yet it is not so I think as a country we have you know um, quite a good pathway that has kind of been opened for us we are seeing both big and small brands going the digital way it's just a matter of how can we actually leverage on that? And then as we leverage, how can we also make sure it's not overwhelming? We don't want Melanie to see your ad on TikTok and get annoyed. We don't want um, Ian to be scrolling through his Instagram and see a sponsored ad and quickly just, you know, continue. I know people who preferred to use Instagram stories, for example, because they would not see ads. But shortly after some time, 
Instagram introduced Instagram ads on stories. So you really cannot run away from ads. They introduce it on reels. You know, so it's everywhere. You really can't avoid it. I, I actually wonder if there's a developer somewhere sitting trying to develop an ad blocker for for social apps. <laughs> you know, because then I was like, oh, I mean, if you're using a browser, then it's very easy. You just put an ad blocker and you continue with your life. But what happens on social? And that's something that people actually need to think about as you do your ads. Are you actually... Um, delivering your ads to everyone you'd have wanted to deliver to or do majority of your audience have ad blockers yeah that's interesting because um, I think platforms do that on purpose so that if you want to opt out because now you can't have ad blockers on social media platforms maybe you subscribe to their premium version like YouTube or Spotify or yeah some of these platforms where they have premium versions where you don't see ads yeah but that's quite interesting so where can people find you if they want to learn about uh, digital marketing, uh, Google Ads, or any other any other service that you offer? Okay, so you can find me through, of course, Digipath's um, social media platform. So you could either just Google Digipath Africa or search for Digipath Africa on socials. If you'd like to talk to me directly, you can search for Melanie Hapisu anywhere, literally anywhere. Yeah, preferably Google, then it will give you all my socials. But that's how you can find me. I look forward to interacting with you guys. And as we close, what's what do you do for fun? What's that one thing that you enjoy doing for fun? I love traveling. I wish I had all the money in the world to just travel. But uh, yeah, for fun, I love traveling. I think um, recently, let's say the past year, I've discovered I like um, adventure. Swam in a river recently for the first time in my 27 years of living. I swam in a river. So I'm starting to discover adventure and it's amazing. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Melanie Hapisu. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you happen to be listening to this show. You'll find the info on the episode notes below. And if you like what you're listening to, We'd love if you gave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're using and also share it with your friends and colleagues. In our next episode, we talk to Jack Owiga, Director of Sales and Marketing at Pulse Live Kenya. We have an interesting discussion on how big and small companies market themselves in Kenya, the state of digital marketing in Kenya, and so much more. You don't want to miss that. I've been Ian Courier from Jeddah Agency and you're listening to the number one digital marketing podcast in Kenya.